Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but every day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. All right, Chuck, we got a text on the McClarty Daniel hotline this morning. Is the exhibition game going to be broadcasted on the radio? We know you and Z going to be with us at 2.30 tomorrow. Well, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it all week. I know. and I, You would have thought the word would have gotten around, but apparently people are still wondering about that to this point in time. So these guys are coming in here as the AP number three, coaches poll number two, and you got Zach Eady, player of the year. You've got several other returning starters back. They've got five of their starter, all starters coming back, six of their top seven scores. And we talked about it a little this morning with Musman. I mean, this is a really veteran team that's coming in here tomorrow to take on Arkansas. No doubt. I mean, they're a team that's probably one of the early favorites to go to the Final Four. I know they choked in the NCAA tournament a year ago, but... That's not going to have anything to do with what happens tomorrow. And um, this is a team that's got a lot of talent. They're an experienced team. They're a physical team. This is going to be a real challenge to win this game on the scoreboard. Uh, We have to remember this is an exhibition game. I think we're going to get a real insight into what Arkansas has. I think the Razorbacks are going to get a real insight in terms of what they need to work on and where they stand right now. But... This is a seasoned veteran NCAA championship type team that Arkansas is going to play. I spoke to you earlier. I'd feel differently about this game in terms of a win-loss metric if this game was played in March. But is in terms of the amount of experience you have on your team, you got eight seniors that are scholarship players. That's great. But a lot of them still haven't played together to this point. Where you look at Purdue, Tommy, it's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's exactly uh, right. That you know you might feel different down the road because if Muss's pattern holds true, you don't necessarily have it all put together early. But they figure out when it matters most how to play their best basketball. So I'm not expecting uh, Chuck to you know the best performance of the year in an exhibition game. I do think it will identify strengths and weaknesses, as you were talking about a second ago. Well, here's the thing that. You've got to remember, Arkansas is going to play a player tomorrow that's unlike anyone they'll play the rest of the year. Unlike anyone they've played since Shaq was here. (laughs) You know, unlike anyone they'll play probably for another 10 years. You don't play 7-4 athletic guys every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you do that again once every 10, 15, 20 years. We're going to see a player tomorrow that we may be talking about for the next 10, 12, 15 years. Uh, This guy is, um, he's the real deal. And he's going to play basketball for a long time, provided his wheels and his health and all that stuff holds up. But he's going to present a challenge. Forget the other guys. They're, and they're good. Mm-hmm. They're good. Don't get me wrong. But forget the other guys. You're going to face a seven foot four first team All-America, a guy that many, if not most, believe is going to be the player of the year in college basketball. We focus on our team, and that's completely understandable. 
But, man, we're playing the real deal tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, y'all remember the Jordan rules that the Pistons used to have, right? What were we reminding? Yes, okay. yes, right. yes, yeah. yes, well, apparently, yes. How you defend Jordan. Yeah, yes. apparently uh, there are the E rules that Chandler Lawson talked about this week. So offensive-wise, we just got to run the floor and just put him in so much pick-and-roll coverage, and I feel like we just got to outrun him. The goal is just to run, 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 just – Make them just keep up with us and our athletic system. I feel like on the defensive end, it's going to be a, a whole group team effort. You know, we've been doing a lot of drills to practice late, the ED rules, <laughs> that we call. I feel like um, we're doing pretty much a great thing uh, at practice, just covering what, what Zach Eady like to do in, in his tendency. I want him to take the ball right at this guy. You know, that's, that's, that's how you go with a big guy, mm-hmm. I think. You know, it's how you go with most big guys. I don't know if it's how you go with this one, but um, – yeah, you're going to have to run him. But this is not Ichabod Crane, guys. This is, this, is, this is not some guy that's like 7'2 and can't walk. That's not what this guy is. This guy's an athletic guy. And, um, again, he will present a challenge unlike we have seen in the Musselman era and unlike we are likely to see unless they face this guy again in March. That's why I think Daniel Gafford's had such a, a good – NBA career, he can run the floor as a big guy, and he's not as, he's not seven four, but big guys that can move and transition are hard. You know, they're they're, they're rare, and Edie is one of those guys. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, I mean, that's that's why he's a he's a unanimous first team All America. Uh, everyone that had a vote, all sixty of them, uh, voted him on the AP first team. The only one out there. So again, this is a uh, now look. It's going to be interesting to me to see how they try to defend him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine Makai. You know, Makai Mitchell weighs 240 pounds. He's the heaviest player on the team. This guy weighs 305. You know, and again, it's 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 not a slogging 305. Um, so Arkansas is going to have a real challenge there. So I believe it makes perimeter shooting far more important tomorrow because how are you going to get to the rim with a guy like that protecting the rim? So you better be making outside shots. It's just kind of the conventional thought for me at least Lawson said there I mean they got to work on floaters they got to work on pull-ups I mean they, you can't always get to the the rim you're gonna have to settle for some shots it's like well, mid-range well teams. you're gonna yeah. have to score off screens you're gonna have to score off screens and uh you're gonna have to find a way to get some uh, uh you know I mean you're gonna have to go at him I mm-hmm. mean the idea that, that that you're just gonna be fearful and you're gonna do nothing but shoot perimeter shots I don't think that's going to happen. Now, the good thing about Arkansas is, based on what we've seen so far, this is going to be a much better perimeter shooting team than we've seen. And there may be some opportunities to score in that regard, but but let's not make this out to be a one-man gang. You know, they've got three shooters. I don't know if they're guards or forwards, how they classify them, but I classify them as shooters. they got three guys that combined for 134 three-pointers last year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of threes. I mean, this is a complete team. Yeah, and you think about past like success against some taller guys. Chet Holmgren for Gonzaga fouled him out. Walker Kessler for Auburn fouled him out. Both over seven feet. Arkansas had success against taller players. This guy's better than both those yeah. guys. But I would contend this guy's it. better than both those guys. But the same strategy may very well yeah, apply. I don't know that, but the same strategy may very well apply. And I would contend that with the new rules this year in college basketball, drawing fouls on post players defending the rim will be far easier than it has been in previous seasons. I know you've been itching to talk about that, so tell us what that... Well, we'll get to that. But a 7-4 guy, a 7-4 guy's not going to be drawing a charge. 7-4 guy's going to well, be blocking shots. 
if he moves over to help on defense, he's going to be susceptible. Yeah. I hear you, but I, I, and, and, and I do agree with you. It is a major rule change, and it's mm-hmm. going to have a lot to do with what we watch this season. I don't know that it affects a 7-4 guy the way it's going to affect a 6-8 guy if or 6-6 guy. Yeah. If he plays vertical, like you said, he's, he's blocking shots and he's going, you know, what point A to point A, he's up and down straight, yes. But if he moves over to help, he's going to be more. Hey, and, if and I'm 7-4, I ain't drawing charges, well, man. But it, it, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're just going to bounce off of him anyway. Yeah, well. Oh, you mentioned Makai Mitchell being tasked upon him. Lawson's going to guard him a little bit. I know there's some people asking, well, who else is going to try their hand? Didn't sound like from Coach earlier this week. We're going to hear from him. He's going to join us at 730. Status for Jalen Graham seems to be up in the air right now. He tried yesterday. You know, I don't know. It was okay. We'll see today. I mean, he's hopefully, he's, you know, I mean, he tried, but. I mean, he was not going game speed or at the rate that – I mean, we're not going to play him if he's like he was yesterday, I can tell you that. So that's one of your front-line guys. I don't know how much they'd use Bay Fall against him in the game, again, the young freshman from Denver, but it'll probably be a rotation of Lawson, Makai Mitchell, and maybe a little Trevin Brazil that will guard him tomorrow, if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, Bay Fall weighs 200 pounds. Yeah. I mean uh, – um, um, he better get every step right. <laughs> I mean, and, and there better be some help. He's a fifth but, grader but, short. <laughs> well, I, I mean, here's the, you know, I mean, that's 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 just a physical physical issue right there. The thing about Graham, and I don't know when Mus said that. Um, Tuesday. If that came out of the Tuesday thing, mm-hmm. fucking saying he didn't look good Tuesday. Well, today's Friday. My understanding is, is that he has tried to practice some this week, and there is a possibility he will play. Now, I don't know a lot about having back spasms, but um, from what I'm told, um, some days it's on again, off again. Yeah. And that, you know, there are days you can play and there are days you can't. Now, again, I, I'm, I'm just saying that. I've not been in that spot. That's just what I've been told. But we'll just have to see if he can play or not. Again, this is an exhibition game. We're not, you know, we're analyzing this thing like it's an NCAA tournament game. And it's really not. But I do think, and look, from Purdue's perspective, they're going to play a really athletic team tomorrow. They're going to gain from this. Both teams are going to gain from this. Mm-hmm. I, as someone, have you had back spasms before? No. It's like a knife that is twisting your back. It is But awful. let's not confuse us from sitting around the couch and our back hurting and somebody playing major college basketball. I mean, that's a whole different yeah, deal. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not. They, they have to they put these, like, devices on you and they shock your back until it gets out. It's not fun. I had them in middle school. It's not fun at all. But that's, again, you're talking about the – the, the the impact of this game tomorrow being an exhibition. I, I think why so many people are so focused and prioritizing this tomorrow is not only is it because a top five team is coming in here with a player of the year. This I would agree with you, Tommy. It's the fact that your football team isn't necessarily playing up to snuff right now, and so people are trying to shift their focus and attention to a team they have more confidence in than what they have in their football team right now. Everybody's starved for a win. Everybody that has a Razorback hat and shirt wants to see a victory. So, yeah, this game, this is an exhibition game, like you're saying, Chuck. I mean, and we're treating it as it's a February conference game, or as you said, a March Madness game. And, you know, the reality is this is a game that win or lose won't count on your record, but people are so starved for any success that I think they're going to show up in big numbers. We'll see. Ty says it's going to be one of the best crowds. I, I don't know if people will... We'll treat it as such, but it, you know, apparently going to be nearly a full house. 
Well, you know, it's supposed to rain all weekend, and I don't know if that'll affect things or not. Might, might not. Um, if everybody goes and bought a ticket, it's going to be full. Um, and this is not part of the season ticket package. Mm-hmm. So you had to buy these separately. My guess would be if you bought a ticket for one game, you're planning on going. So, I mean, again, this is not one of those deals where you got to buy the whole package and, well, I don't think I'm going to go tonight. I mean, you buy a ticket to this game. So, yeah, I think it's going to be full. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. And, and uh, now let me say this. Arkansas basketball right now, if the football team was 10-0 and or 8-0 or however many games they played, you'd still have the same number of people for basketball tomorrow because basketball is – where it's at right now I, and, and that has that's exclusive of football i hear what you're saying and i don't totally disagree with it but i think this basketball program right now is so strong it it, it stands it, it it's a standalone entity it doesn't need football success or failure mm-hmm. to determine how many people come i I, th- I think it it's it's capable of doing its own business so to speak i did see in the game notes that moss and painter are like two of eight coaches that have averaged 25 wins over the last eight seasons i know some of those being at nevada but this is a a coaching matchup mm-hmm. as well that is enjoyable not just for the SEC and Arkansas fans, but for, I mean, they'll get some college basketball fans watching this tomorrow. And I'd say it's more likely than not that both both teams end up with more than 25 wins. Purdue Mm -hmm. may be a team that scares 30, Chuck. I think Arkansas will be a team that gets to 25, maybe 26 or so regular season victories. That's a lot of regular season victories now. I mean, you're talking about 26 and 5. Going into the uh, tournament. Through the the conference tournament, yeah. Right. Uh, well, through the conference tournament, perhaps. That, that's a lot of wins. I think Arkansas is going to win vastly more than they lose. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, I mean, guys, we're not picked to win the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, there are teams that are picked higher than Arkansas in the conference race. There are really, really good teams in our league right now. I would submit to you, and I say this very respectfully, I think the league top to bottom is stronger right now than it even was at times in the 90s. I really do. Um, it's going to be hard to win 25 games by the time you come through that conference tournament. It's going to be really, really difficult to do that. You think about this. Arkansas got the Sweet 16 last year, won 22 games. So, I mean, um, I do think there are going to be some – there are going to be some losses in conference play. I believe that because you're playing good teams. But I think when they toss this thing up in March, when the real tournament begins, I think what we've seen the last three years – would would make you believe Arkansas is going to have success. Yeah, 90s was more top-heavy with Arkansas and Kentucky and Florida to a certain extent. This is more balanced. I think Musselman had, the, they put out the stat that our, the NBA rosters of any conference, the SEC had the most active players. That's what we always attribute well, to football is SEC puts the most players in the draft, most players on the rosters. You could say that about basketball, too. Part of that's because it's, you know, a huge league. You got a lot of teams. And so that's 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 part of the overall numbers. But you've got four or five teams in our league right now that getting on a run could make the final four. Yeah. Bama, Kentucky, Tennessee, A and M, Arkansas. I think Auburn might be better. That's who Arkansas opens up with their uh conference slate this season. I don't know that Auburn is uh, uh, a a a team that could get on a run and make it, but I think the others are. A and M may have the best player in the league. Wade Taylor. Wade Taylor. He's been there so, a mean, decade, a- it seems like, hadn't he, Chuck? Yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, he was a star as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And um my point is now you've 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 got a handful of teams uh 
who are good enough to make real runs into March. I think there have been times when you've had a handful of teams who could beat you in the regular season, particularly if you came to their place. But I think right now, when you look at this league overall, there's enough talent, there's enough big-time coaching that you could have, you know, you can have some teams that you may not think about end up being among the last four standing. So Nolan Richardson is in a ton of Hall of Fame. Seems like every couple years he's added to another one. He was at the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club earlier this week, and I found it interesting, his comments, that he didn't think he'd be great today in coaching. Listen to what he had to say. I wouldn't be very good at it. I think, you know, it it depends. If you got rid of the rule where a player receives X number of dollars. This is what I see. I'm a, I've got a very good player and he's making three, 400,000. I got another player that's not very good and he's he making $10. What's gonna keep the guy that don't make anything from saying, hell, I don't make none, so I don't care what the outcome is. Because then what it becomes is all about money. And so, if I'm at this school and this school next to me offered me $10,000 to leave a school that I'm making $3,000, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. To me, that's what I see is happening because it, there's no loyalty. The loyalty has to go because what is important now is this job turns into a money position, preparing me for the next level. Well, um, the only thing I'd say about all that is, um, and I think he probably knows this, those figures were a little bit low. I probably had a, need to add a couple of zeros there when you're talking about 3000 and 10000 uh, with uh, some of these guys today. But his point's made. And, you know, that is, it is naive to believe that schools don't get outbid. Guys, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to name names, but we've lost a couple of players over the last year, good ones. Good ones. We were just outbid, pure and simple. Mm-hmm. And the other, uh, the other place, I won't say outbid. That would be inaccurate. The other place just offered more money. And um, it perhaps never even got into a bidding war, per se. But, um, guys, we've lost players because other schools have offered more money. We might have gained one or two as well. You know, who knows? But the idea that, you know, they're going to go, unless it's an in-state guy or someone that's a, you know, has a family tie to your program, the idea that kids are going to school to, you know, win one for the home state, that's just not happening anymore. Yeah. If you want to if you want to jump in here with us on the McCarty Daniel hotline, you can do so at 877-377-6963. Coach ended up talking more about that. Here's what else he had to say, kind of with the transfer portal with that as well. To me, there won't be a lot of players that you will see the following year. But I think most of the coaches are going to do that now. That, you know, you it's like a one-year deal. Everybody is a one-year deal. Or if it's not a one-year deal, they've made a deal with the agent that you play so many games and you sit out so many games, I would go stone crazy. First of all, I got to recruit you to get you there. Now I got to recruit you to keep you there? That's what's happening. Who pays the best buck will get the best players. A lot of teams have been doing that anyway, so they're good at it. (laughs) Well, Coach can talk about not making it in today's game. He was a good enough coach. He would have adapted and found a way because he's a competitor and wanted to win. But 
his mentality and the way he drove players, uh, Chuck, he wasn't trying to re-recruit those players in practice. I can I can assure you, they felt like they were uh, maybe at times uh, being sentenced to practice with Nolan Richardson <laughs> as tough as those deals were. That's the part of the game that would be hard in today's uh, environment. Well, I don't know that anybody that's seventy or eighty years old is, is you know there's 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 not much that's not done a whole lot different than it was when you know you were doing it. I'm sixty, and I can tell you there's not much going on now that was done the way it was when I was growing up. So I can only imagine what it must be like for him. He's a Hall of Famer, though. If he was forty years old right now and coaching, sure he would adapt. He'd be right out there in the middle of it, just just like he was before. I, I mean. Um, you know, you were bringing up some of those old Hall of Fame coaches in basketball that retired yesterday. <laughs> I'm sitting there when you were saying that, and I kind of thought about it when Coach Richardson was talking. Well, yeah, they retired because everybody else gets to buy them now too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, back back then they were the only ones that got to buy them. Now everybody gets to buy them. And I don't, let me, I'm glad you brought that up. I don't know why that no one thought that Duke was cheating. Coach K is considered this most revered. He's Coach K, this and that, Durham, North Carolina. It's pure. It's pure. Yeah. The idea that Duke hasn't cheated over the years to get certain players is preposterous to me. Well, it's absolutely just, preposterous just, well, to me. I don't disagree with that, but I want to clarify. I've never heard Coach Richardson say anything like that about Coach Krzyzewski. Don't put words in anyone's oh, mouth. If that's your opinion, that's, then that's mine. great. Solely my opinion. Yeah, and no, he has, no, and and I don't disagree with it. I just want to clarify that's not what he said. Now, on that note, you mentioned Coach K. Any chance he ends up in Fayetteville in the end of November? That's a game that doesn't mean as much to Duke. But is there any way that Coach Richardson convinced him to come? Is for he that pra- game? I mean, he hadn't been to very. I mean, he, he's he said like, he's going to stay away from the the program. I'm not sure he's. I don't, I don't watch every Duke game, but I don't think he's been around a lot. Not like Roy Williams in North Carolina, that's for sure. Yeah, he was in, I mean, when we were in Chapel Hill, he's, yeah. I could see him watching the game. I, I just don't, It's the. It, they're coming up on the 30-year anniversary of that game. Coach Richardson and him seem to have a relationship. I'm just wondering if there could be some convincing. Well, that game means a lot more to us than it does to 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he's, he's going to be celebrating. Right. The only way that would come together would be if TV put it together. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, and I doubt that happens. Coach I K's got that. a lot of actual championships to celebrate anniversaries of, not the ones he was runner-up yeah. for. Yeah. 500 against that's Arkansas. That's right. 500 yeah. against Arkansas. Yeah. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info call or text the mcclarty daniel hotline at 877-377-6963 mcclarty daniel a vehicle for every lifestyle when you're looking for a new car you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust you've probably heard that mcclarty daniel means making deals but what i'm inspired by the most is that mcclarty daniel means making a difference in our community when you buy a vehicle with mccarty daniel you reinvest right here in the community in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Coach, we appreciate you making time this morning for us. Uh, what does it feel like to have a, a Hall of Famer call you a super coach as we welcome you in? Well, it's, it's great to be on the Morning Rush. Appreciate joining you, Ty, Tommy, and, and Chuck. But um, to hear... You know, Coach Richardson say that. I mean, you know, I I grew when I was growing up in the coaching profession. I mean, he's a legend of of, of legends, and um, you know, Coach Richardson. Since we have gotten to uh, Arkansas, has has just been you know treated our family incredible. Not just myself, but but you know, my our, my wife Danielle, and um, really cool. And 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 I think he mentioned it. Um, when he spoke the other day, Rob Spivey had played for my father at the at, at Ashland College, and then uh, Coach Spivey had went on to to be Coach Richardson's assistant at at UTEP, and then ended up coaching in the SWAC as a head coach for a long time. And um, you know, so I guess Coach Spivey put in a good word for me, <laughs> and Coach R- Richardson. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, the way that he's treated us has, has been phenomenal since we've been here. Coach, what did you learn from the Texas exhibition game last year that might help you in this game tomorrow? Wow, Ty, I don't, I don't think we have enough time to talk about all the stuff we learned. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, we got you know we got beat really. I mean they 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 took it to us in every facet. I thought that, and there was a re, you know there was a rhyme and reason why we did it. Number one. Uh, we knew that they would have a good crowd, and they they had a great crowd. It was the first game to ever be, basketball game to ever be played in Texas's new building. So we knew that alone was going to put us in an environment that could potentially help us down the road. But we also knew with six freshmen, you know, playing on the road the first couple games is is difficult. Even our first SEC road game last year uh, at LSU, I thought. You know, I thought we were kind of a little bit shook at times. Um, and so we wanted to play a team that had length. We wanted to play a team that had veterans. Obviously, when you looked at Texas's team last year, guys like Marcus Carr were in their fifth year. Um, and, and I knew that they would be very, very physical, which is what a team of six freshmen would need. Um, and, and the results were about what, we thought they were going to be last year, and then we were able to teach some new things and and grab our team and our players' attention. And this game is is uh, you know we're playing a team that's different than we're going to see uh, in most of our SEC games. Um, you know we're playing a team that you could potentially see uh, in postseason play, um, and they're going to present a lot of problems. They have great guard play. Uh, the, most of their team is returning. Most of our guys are new. So that makes it a good matchup for us to, to play against a team uh, that has a lot of returning players. And then 
Purdue had four games overseas. So you add the returners, you add four games overseas. We've only had one exhibition together. They had the 30 games last year, regular season, as well as, uh, you know, the, 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 the tournament game and then the four overseas. So there's, there's a lot more experienced. They're going to run their offense much more fluidly than we will. And, uh, and defensively, um, they present problems on how to score uh, because they have, you know, a seven foot four incredible shot blocker in the, in, on the back line. So it's going to be a great game for us. Uh, we're to, you know, like everybody's excited inside our, our practice gym. Uh, the players are, are ecstatic. Think about the other thing that, that's going to be great for our, our guys have never played in a, in a, in a sold out Bud Walton before, and they're going to need to know how to perform in front of a crowd like that. Cause we, you know, we got a lot of games coming up in Bud Walton that'll be sold out. And so that is another aspect of why we wanted to play a home game this year. So it uh, should be a great game. Uh, not often do you get an opportunity, even in an exhibition game, to play a, a top-five team in the country. Hey, Coach, that word physicality has been used a lot this week, and I wonder as you went out and mined the portal, as you signed young players, as you scheduled this exhibition game, um, is that something that you've had in mind since the end of last season, is, is more physicality among your team? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, maybe at the guard position, you know, continuing to to have physicality, Chuck, and and uh, you know, I, I think last year we were fairly physical up front at games. You know, the game uh, at Kentucky really stands out um, on on our front line having great physicality. Um, but I do think uh, with the roster we have now. Uh, they need to be challenged with physicality um, because it's an area that we still want to grow in, uh, especially up front, um, guard play as well. And this is like we're going to get hit with some screens on on Saturday at at three o'clock that that we can't you know we we can't uh, duplicate that in a practice. We can't simulate that in a practice. So when, when Edie sets a screen or, or a down pin for lawyer coming off it and, and lawyer comes off with great speed, that's something we need to, we need to figure out. We need to uh, have film to, 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 to show guys after the game, even on ways to, to get through the screen being set by somebody, you know, that big. And so a lot of physical stuff that's going to happen at, at all five positions for sure. Chuck. Do you see, and, and, and I ask this because the, a lot of the guys you've gotten in from the portal this year are, are, are veterans. When you look at who was left standing at the end of last year, the, the, the veterans that teams got through the portal, did you consciously go after older guys this time who've, who've played in really meaningful ball games? Yeah, I think that's always, a, you know, I think that guys that have experience, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because when you have, you know, young players, which – if you go back a few years ago with, with, you know, the group with Moses Moody and Devontae Debo Davis and, and Jalen Williams, I mean, those guys were, um, did a great job of, of helping lead a team doing a lead eight. And they were, they were young, but they were really good. You know, I mean, two of the guys are in the NBA right now. And, uh, and then last year's young group, you know, we, we struggled 
during the middle part of the season, had a really good non-conference, um, and then we got, you know, right at the right time, and, and you know, that team was able to make a Sweet 16, even though we were super, super young, so I, I think that the way that we look at the portal, Chuck, is it all starts with how many quality freshmen, you know, can you get, and then you've got to build that way out. So, you know, when we when we were able to get the six freshmen, you know, a year ago, that means you're going to have less guys, you know, coming to your roster through the portal, um, and I think maybe selective on how we go about the freshman class. And and uh, I do think with the way college basketball is, I think it's that way probably in college football. Um, you know, you you, you got to have NBA players that are freshmen um, that can maybe get to the NBA in years one uh, or year two uh, in order to survive playing against teams that have all these veterans because there's just not many players across the country that are staying at programs for three and four years. So to build that route, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of not, it's not happening anywhere uh, in, in, in basketball. So, uh, but yes, to answer the question, certainly the, the veterans uh, you, you hope uh, can help you uh, non-conference, in the middle of the year when you're, when, you're, when you're in the heat and the heart of SEC play, and then certainly once you get to March, um, all, those, all those age factors and experience become, become very important. Coach Muss with us on the McClarty-Daniel hotline. Coach Summer calling it the Jalen Williams rule, but there is a rule change this year in how defenders uh, will, will guard the rim against airborne shooters. How is that? What is your thoughts first on the rule change this year in college basketball and how has that changed your preparation for this season? Well, great question. So it definitely has, has changed. Well, it's good for us offensively because if you historically look at our teams, even you know, even the four years at Nevada and the last four years here at Arkansas, we've been a high-volume free-throw attempt team. I mean, a lot of the things that we talk about in the huddles are how to create mismatches, how to get one-on-one play, uh, meaning uh, there's we move the weak side help so that we can get a straight line uh, to the rim and, and, and put pressure on the rim to draw FTAs or free throws attempted. So um, charge-taking teams have somewhat bothered us um, when they clog the lane and they come over and give great help. It takes away from, from a lot of our uh, NBA sets that are kind of a little bit more quick-hitting than some college longer developing sets. Um, so I think it could help us offensively, defensively. You know, <laughs> it would have crushed us when Isaiah Joe was here and Jalen Williams because both of those guys, you know, Isaiah Joe's the, the greatest take a charge player from a perimeter position that I've ever coached. And Jalen Williams is by far the greatest overall charge taker that I've ever not only coached, but ever seen. <laughs> Um, and so I think that, you know, one defensively, if you're a physical minded coach, um, you like charges because, um, you know, the char- the taking a charge takes toughness, uh, physicality, a, a certain mindset. Um, so you do like to, to see that in the game and see that with teams, but just like everything, 
everything's going towards what the pro game is. And so, um, you know, freedom of movement is something that's discussed now in the college game over this off season, much like it was in the NBA 15 years ago. So, um, the game is continuing to trend towards professional sports in all aspects of collegiate athletics and the charge block rule to help the offense is certainly just another step in the direction of how the NBA is being played. Coach, I know you got to run. Appreciate you joining us. You, you referenced a sellout earlier. Did y'all sell those last 200 tickets? Is it a sellout tomorrow? No, we haven't, so- <laughs> we haven't sold them yet, but uh, but it, it, it will be sold out. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, hopefully by the end, end of today will be completely sold out. And if, if not, I'm sure sometime before tip off, I can, I can almost guarantee that that will happen just based on the numbers that, that were sold over the last like four to five days. So we're excited about that. It'll be probably the, but it might be the greatest exhibition a crowd in the history of college basketball, to be honest with you. Three o'clock tip tomorrow in Bud Wall Arena. Coach joining us this morning. Coach, we really appreciate it. Good luck against the Boilermakers tomorrow. Thanks. Appreciate you guys having me on. Woo pig. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Chuck, you asked him a good question about kind of roster complexion. You've got eight scholarship players that are seniors on this roster right now. It it is night and day difference from having three freshmen who started at times relative to this year's team. Well, I think it's a difference, and I think we'll see it a little bit tomorrow, and I hope we see it as we move through the season. Um, When you've got veteran physical guards, you know, I think that's what really gives you a chance. And we talked about Devo. Devo's a veteran physical guard. Um, And you need a bunch of guys like that on on the perimeter. You know, Musk talked about how, and I thought this, last year Arkansas was plenty physical inside. But I thought sometimes out front, that they weren't quite as physical as they needed to be against some of the other team's veteran guards. And I think we'll see that show up tomorrow. I think I don't know that it'll affect the final outcome of the game. I don't know. But I think as the season wears on, that will. Yeah, and we've seen Muss's teams you know, take a little bit slower start, peak later in the year, which is what you want with any team. But I just wonder with a more veteran, more experienced team, do you – you know, do you elevate the launching pad, so to speak? I think that's a I think that's a fair question, and and the answer, obviously, we're going to find out. Right, right. 
We'll find out for sure, or at least we'll have a better idea when they go to the Bahamas. Yeah, and Chuck, I think the stat that you recited last year in the Elite Eight, wasn't it like 39 of 40 players were upperclassmen? Like, it was something yeah. insane. Yeah. I just remember... There was only one... I think there was only one true freshman that started for any of the Elite Eight teams. I just remember you, you saying that, and I was just like blown yeah. away when we were talking about the, uh, the NCAA. And team. a lot of it's just physical makeup, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're 22, 23 years old... You're a more chiseled physical specimen than you are when you're 18. I mean, uh, that's just how life works. Not like us today, Chuck. But you know, well, <laughs> I said uh, I said 22 or 23. I didn't <laughs> uh, I, I didn't say it our age. Yeah. <laughs> we're like we're we're like granite around here. You know, yeah. yeah. Physically, well, there's a certain point where the chisel goes away. <laughs> and you you brought this up with Purdue. It's not just Zach Eady at seven four, but it's a lot of the upperclassmen that they're going to bring in that are initially. With, from the jump, Arkansas is going to get this in SEC play. They don't have to wait for it. I mean, it's going to happen tomorrow. Usually you have to wait because you go through non-conference opponents that just aren't that good. You have to wait till you get to more physicality or conference play. You get it starting tomorrow, which is a luxury for this team. Yeah, you get it for 40 minutes tomorrow, and then there's going to be a drop-off you know, during the uh, first couple of ball games, and then you're going to go to the Bahamas, and it's going to ramp right up again. And then you're going to come back from that, and you're going to play Duke. You know, and then you'll have a little bit of a lull. You know, with the exception of maybe Oklahoma, you'll have a little bit of a lull between there and the first of the year, and then it'll get real. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. All right, so no Arkansas football this weekend, but I think there will be some eyes on the world's largest cocktail party in Jacksonville where the Florida Gators are 14.5-point underdogs against the Georgia Bulldogs. Tommy, do you like the Gators and the points, or do you like UGA even without Brock Bowers in this one? 14.5? Wow. Give me them Florida Gators. Chuck, what do you think, man? You going Gators or Bulldogs on this one? I'm going to go with the Georgia Bulldogs. See, I think if they had Brock Bowers, I'd 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 pick them in this one. But I think I think Florida keeps it within two touchdowns. I like uh, I like the Gators to at least be competitive in this, in this one, Sean. Mm, no, I'm going to stay with Georgia. Stay with Georgia. Yep. All right, an underrated rivalry in the in the SEC is Tennessee at Kentucky. Tommy, the home team. The Wildcats are three-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Volunteers. Volunteers had a great first half against Alabama, failed to do anything in the second half. Do they bounce back this week in Lexington, Kentucky? I'll take Tennessee in this one. I'm going to take Tennessee as well. I think Joe Milton and the offense a little hacked off how they played in the second half. Chuck, I'm going Vols, plus, or minus three-and-a-half. Kentucky will cover. Kentucky will win. 
Yeah, calling for an upset. You know, he's gonna be all. See, now there's up. a hot take. You guys are just making boring picks. I'm giving you a hot take. <laughs> there you Kentucky go. covers. Kentucky wins. Let's have a little show here, boys. Uh, what do you know? We don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> He didn't. Know. That's going to get clipped out. You oh, know that, no. right? I don't know anything. Right yeah, I'm not breaking any news when <laughs> I say that. <laughs> what about you, Sean? Oh, I, I said I'm going with the balls. I, I said to put him on by himself. Okay. All right, Chuck, you want to have some fun. Dallas Cowboys are six-point favorite against Rams. We're not going to take the, the pick. Does Dak Prescott throw an interception on Sunday? Well, yes yeah. or no? Well, yeah. Yes. What kind of prediction is that? What, what, what? Cowboys win, but Dak will throw a pick. Dak will yeah. throw a pick. That's a given. Is Dak, do you think <laughs> so? Really that's your that's question? a given. <laughs> that's like, are you going to put on shoes today? Yeah. <laughs> do you think so? I mean, well, that's a little harsh. That's a little <laughs> Y'all harsh. Being, I mean, golly. Well, you said it was a show. Yeah. <laughs> so you think so too, Tommy? Yeah, Dak course. is not going to throw an interception. Oh. He is going to do great things for my fantasy football team this oh, weekend. Oh, that's what Give me 20 plus points. <laughs> He's not throwing a pick. So I guess I'm on the island when it comes to that question. All right. Final Fitzman Friday pick of the segment. Chiefs at Broncos. Does Taylor Swift make the trip to Mile High this weekend? Yes or no? I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. say if she doesn't persevere through the snow and the winter and the weather, I'm going to say no. Hey, Ty, you know the answer to this. What's the new number one industry in the state of Colorado? <laughs> Marijuana? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift will be there. <laughs> uh, she'll be there. The scenery. <laughs> The, the, extra, smell. the extra relaxation. <laughs> She'll be there. It'd be relaxed and calm, right? She's out there scoping her next major yeah. concert. What are you talking about? I can be true. got any Doritos? All right, so we got <laughs> some Doritos. We got one no. We got two yeses. Chuck, is Taylor Swift going to be there at Mile High this weekend? She'll be there to support her man. There that's it is. Right. There it is. So we've got a, uh, that's going to wrap it up our Fence Man Friday picks this All morning. Right. There are nine undefeated teams in college football at this point in time. Some are pretty easy to guess. Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Washington. Others, a little harder. You have to think about. Air Force, the Falcons are undefeated. Liberty, the Flames, and James Madison sits at number 25 this morning. So you've got nine undefeated teams. Three of those have no shot to make the college football playoff. Plus some one-loss teams like Texas, Oregon, Bama, Penn State, Ole Miss, Oregon State, Utah, Missouri, and UNC. Guys, of the undefeated teams right now, who are you most confident in to make the college football playoff based on their remaining schedule and based on what we've seen through seven or eight games? Georgia. Yeah. Georgia and Florida State. Those would be the two that I would say. Florida State has shown us something. I mean, Jordan Travis, give credit to Norvell. He's done a great job to this point in time. The quick turnaround in in Tallahassee. uh, He's got one of the better quarterbacks in all of college football. Got some great wide receivers, great weapons. They've got an awesome defense. One of their DNs is projected like second or third by Mel Kuyper in in that selection. I think Washington, again, we were talking about the Pac-10 a bunch this season. Oregon's lost. I know they've got a big game against Utah this weekend, but, I mean, that Michael Penix kid is probably going to wind up in New York. And I know they don't have the line of scrimmage play that some of the southern schools do, but he might just be enough to to get them to the college football playoff based on his football acumen. Oh, it's possible. I mean, it's 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 possible they could they could get there. That's such a wild card league. You never really know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
It's almost like a basketball game sometimes when those teams play. You know, teams get on runs offensively in the Pac-12 in football, kind of like teams get on runs in basketball. And so I, I could see a scenario by which Washington might lose to one of those teams, but I don't know exactly what they have left. And um, they're winning their game. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're certainly in the picture. Yeah, Which te- Georgia's the most talented team of the ones we, we have. I know they don't have Bowers right now, but uh, their defense is really good. And, I mean, if you're just going to pick the most talented, if those teams were going to line up and play around Robin, you'd probably like Georgia to be the undefeated team out of that group of three teams we just discussed. But Florida's got the, Florida State's got the easiest path. Yes. Florida State's got the easiest path there. I, I, I would be shocked if Florida State's not in the playoff. Between Ohio State and Michigan, that game's in the excuse me the big house this year. Michigan still has to go to Happy Valley to play Penn State. Who do you guys like to come out of the Big Ten? I still, even in the midst of this, the NCAA investigation, which according to reports from Yahoo, they're on campus right now trying to figure what's happened in Ann Arbor. Do we still like Michigan to make the playoff and come out of the Big Ten? I still do, but... I guess that's one of those two teams. One of those two teams. I was pretty sure Michigan was going to win it last year. I, I'm, I'm not so sure this year, but I think it'll be one of those two. I hope Michigan does, just so they get drugged through the grease with all the sign stealing, signal stealing stuff. That, I mean, that conversation won't go away, and they'll have to live with it. So I kind of hope Michigan does, because everybody will will check the legitimacy of their wins that way. So, you know what's interesting in this Big Ten thing? It was brought up yesterday. They've known Michigan was doing this for two or three years. Mm-hmm. And the Big Ten schools basically built a case like a prosecutor would build a case. I mean, they, they were in cahoots with one another to, 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 to catch them. And so um, I'm not convinced Michigan's going to get through their schedule this year unscathed the way they did a year ago. Yeah. So you bring up the Michigan story, Chuck. I was reading a story from Ross Dellinger that apparently TCU got calls from Big Ten coaching they, from – they changed their signals ex- up in the game. Exactly. So they matter, cha- they used dummy old signs and kind of tricked yeah. Michigan during the course of the game, which I thought was wild that they, again, and the people wondered, how did TCU hang 51 on Michigan last year? Well, that's the reason rationale for that. It's pretty crazy. Well, I think, I think TCU's offense just had a great day. Look, you know, and, and, and this was brought up and has been brought up. I think Dion's the one that said it a couple of days ago. He's not the first. I mean, you can mail somebody your playbook. But they still got to stop. Stop you. Yeah. They still got to stop you. And so, um, yes, I think it's the game within the game. I certainly do. I think you can get tips, um, and I think that does help you when you get that. I think it's naive to believe it doesn't. But um, TCU certainly had a, you know, they, they had their own answer for it. Yeah. So I mentioned again the undefeated teams. What about the one-loss teams? Alabama. Texas, Oregon, Penn State, Ole Miss, Oregon State, Utah, Missouri, and UNC. Is Bama still the best of that bunch? All of them will become two loss teams. Wow. Who beats Bama? That would be my hot take on that. All of them will become two loss teams at some point. I still think LSU is going to go into Tuscaloosa next week and win that game. I just but got... they're not going to win the SEC championship no. game. Even, yeah. even if they beat Alabama, and I'm not convinced they will, but even if they do... They're not going to beat Georgia. They're just not. It's not. Could Alabama beat Georgia? I don't think so. Okay. Even a Brock Bauer, because I'm trying to think the timeline at that point. I still think he'd be out. Brock Bowers is a great player, and I'm not suggesting Georgia's as good without him. They're not. But uh, they got other guys to throw to. May not be the tight end, but 
and they can win in other ways. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think that's decimating to Georgia the way it would be to some teams. Well, let me tell you something. You go back and watch that Auburn game. They don't have Brock Bowers. They don't win that football game. I just said a minute ago, he has been a safety valve. He's, 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 he's been their comfort level. But they've got other guys. But Georgia's, not- Georgia, I'm not saying they got a guy like Brock Bowers, Ty. I'm saying they got guys good enough to go undefeated. See, That's I don't know. I don't know. I think he changed. I think it's completely changed the complexion of their season. I mean, they still have to beat Tennessee. They still got to beat Ole Miss. And I don't know, Georgia Tech didn't matter, but that SEC championship game's a whole lot different right. without one of the best players in college football. Maybe Back, the best uh, player in the SEC. Back to your question before we drift too far away. Which one of the one-loss teams do you think remains a one-loss team? You're asking me, I would who still, do you think? Uh, so, Quinn Ewers, the, the Texas dynamic is interesting because I, I don't remember how long he's out, but they're starting a, a new quarterback this weekend. I think it depends on how long his timeline is. Because that still has the best chance if they can get through the Big 12. They'll beat, if they play Oklahoma and Dallas again, they'll win that game. So I would say of that, just because Alabama still has to go to Jordan Stadium for that rivalry game, they still have to beat LSU at home next weekend. I think they've got one maybe a semi-difficult game. I'd probably say Texas has the best chance to come out unscathed as long as Ewers in out for an an unnormal amount of time yeah. relative to expectations. Who do they play this week? Who does Texas play this week? Uh, I don't know. It's, I, I, don't, I think I don't, it's Kansas. Yeah. I don't, yeah, that's right. I think it's Kansas. And, I don't. I don't keep er, up with them. No, Oklahoma plays Oklahoma plays Texas or Oklahoma plays Kansas. Texas plays. They have a bye. Uh, I don't remember. I'll look it up real quick. But yeah, that would be the team that'd say uh, of the one loss teams has the best chance. But that's interesting. So you think every. Who does Bama slip up against in your mind? Then, if it's not LSU, potentially. Well, it'll be Georgia. Yeah, and and it's not a slip up. If yeah. they lose to Georgia, it won't yeah. be Alabama slipping up. Ryan it'll and be Conway Georgia beating it, them. Ryan and Conway on the McClarty Daniel Highline says it's BYU. Yeah, it's BYU at home in Austin okay. this right. weekend. That's right. That's right. I and remember they should win that, that game. Come on, Mormons, go beat them in Austin this weekend. That'd be great. Brian and Brian and Ozark would have a. Uh, he would have a bad day if that happened because he just ripped Arkansas fans for losing that game at home. It would be very justified if they lost this weekend to the Cougars at this point. It'd be great. It'd be great radio if they did that because then Zach and Derek would just be ripping him for four hours of the show. That ended up playing out. But that's kind of the setup again, the college football side of things. Again, you've only got a, a handful of undefeated teams, some teams you wouldn't expect like Air Force Liberty and James Madison, mm-hmm. but some one-loss teams that are still very much in the pecking order when it comes to the college football playoff. You know, you mentioned Air Force. Air Force is the wild card in all this, and nobody's really talked about them. They're undefeated, and they may have the best, you know, I, I, I may have to amend what I said a minute ago. You know, Air Force has got a shot to go undefeated. They really do. And they got a shot to sneak into this thing. Nobody's talked about them at all in terms of a New Year's Six Bowl or a team that might sneak into the playoff. Nobody's ever mentioned them. Mm -hmm. But what if they're undefeated? What if they're undefeated? You can't put them in the playoff. I'm not. Well, I mean, they're as good as TCU in my mind, but uh, uh, at least they've got about as much chance to win it as TCU. I'm not saying they'd have beaten Michigan. But um, I'm just saying there's going to be more conversation about Air Force if they go unbeaten. I think the the New Year's Six is an approachable topic that people would be okay. Maybe so. But Maybe I, so. I don't think that there will be any realm of discussion about putting them in yeah. the playoff, to yeah. be honest. Oh, there'll be discussion. Now, whether if they go 12-0, and 0, yeah. there will be discussion. 
But now whether or not it'll happen, I'm, I'm not saying I think it's going to happen. I'm just saying Air Force has a chance to be a fly in the ointment in all this. Hmm. And Tim Horton's on that staff. So Tim you, Horton's on that staff. You won't find an Arkansas tie. There's there's one for you. I got Colorado State, Army, Hawaii, UNLV, and Boise State. They've beaten no top 25 They've got to play UNLV. UNLV 6-1. Barry Odom's done a good job out in Vegas. And uh, that game is in – where's Air Force's campus at? I should know this. I don't Colorado know. Springs. Colorado yeah. Springs. Okay. So they, uh, they host UNLV for that game. They also host – Army as well, yeah. so I wouldn't bet against them. I wouldn't they, bet against they, them. Don't they still run that triple option? That's I think they hard, do. Hard I to think prepare they do. for. Yeah, yeah. I saw a picture a couple weeks ago of uh, Coach Horton and Coach Hatfield. Coach Hatfield went out there for a, a reunion game. They brought a team back in or something. There's a picture of the two of them before the game. That was a that was a nostalgic That's throwback. Cool. Yeah. yeah, Tim Horton played for yeah. played for Coach Hatfield. Yeah, absolutely. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.